Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Uh, man, we are kicking off a new marriage series called Happily Ever After. Here's the re- Come on. Here is the reality. Marriage is not intuitive. Right. You are going to grow up one day. <laughs> You're going to fall in love. But here's the reality. Love is not enough. Because there's, there's arguments that are older than we are. Is the right position of the toilet seat to be left up or down? Is it too much to ask for your clothes to actually make it to the hamper? Praise Jesus. The socks. <laughs> Where do you want to eat? It doesn't matter until I name somewhere. That's true. That, so, that's, that's true. Can I just throw one more out here? She never wants french fries. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Until yours get there. Okay, so I feel like I feel like at this particular I feel like at this particular point in the service, I have not brought anybody together. I've only separated. That's not the point of this. So, um, so we've been really talking and leaning into um, if you're going to be married to somebody until death do you part, how do you do it well? Right. Like, I don't just want to. I don't just want to survive marriage, which is what I feel like so many people are doing. But I want to thrive in marriage. Yeah. I want. I, I want to do exceedingly beyond what is normal because I believe that's God's will uh, for His people. By so. the sounds, we got a lot of work to do, y'all. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, so the age-old question is, what is love, right? Absolutely. So the other question is, is this love that I'm feeling? Is this the love? Y'all 80s people, come help me out. White Snake, 87, okay? Your pastor's not the only one that knows some jukebox tunes That's right fair. here. He's going to leave fair. me hanging this time. I will, yes. Um, but the thing is, the fact is, you know, we crave love. And the reason we crave love, if you think about all the songs that you hear, just about every song. I even asked Siri, I'm like, how many titles, how many songs have titles with love in it? And she was kind of like, well, you know, we don't know. Because she was like, well, this many atop this many. And so she don't even know. There's so many. We know there are thousands and thousands of them that even hit the charts. So the thing is, God said that he is love and he created us in his image so we crave love because that's what god put in us and we have to research and dig in his word to find what holy love looks like so we're going to start with that the first thing we're going to look at is first corinthians 13 4 through 13 and you've probably heard this i know you've heard it if you've had any type of counseling with with pastor and i on marriage or any of that pre-marriage or anything because this is This is the go-to word for that. And it says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. 
love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, thought like a child, and reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I've fully been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Yeah, I love this because... One, when it says man there, it's talking to men, but it means men or women. So if you're a woman, it doesn't mean that you can be arrogant, rude, all that stuff, right? Can we just, can we just be on a playing field? But I love, the, I love this. Um, love does not insist on its own way, verse 5. Yeah. Most of our arguments aren't over big things. They're on us wanting our own way. Yeah. So like when we sit there and we go, hey, I once was a child. I thought like a child or reacted like a child or spoke like a child. But when I became a man, when I became an adult, I began to put away childish things. I love the way love is patient. Really? Until it's time to leave and you told her 11 o'clock and it's 11.05 and she's still putting makeup on. That's, that's an argument waiting to happen. Because at that point, my love is not patient. And then I say something that she perceives as being unkind. Cue fight. It goes on and it says this, man. Um, it doesn't rejoice in doing wrong. Have you ever looked at your wife and said, I can fix this. And then when you couldn't, she reminded you that she was right. Or maybe you're a husband and you told her not to do that and she did it. And then you're really quick to point out her error. Cue fight. But is it love? So I think, too, often we say that we're in love, but we don't walk in that love. Mm -hmm. We don't walk in, in, in looking at our spouse and going, hey, I, I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to talk kind to you. I'm, gonna, I'm, 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 I'm not going to be arrogant or rude. How many times do we say rude things to our spouse because we know we can get away with it? They become a whipping post because we know at the end they'll love us. And I love this, man. Love bears all things. It bears dinners with the in-laws. <laughs> bears cousin Fred. It bear right? Because if we're really in love, this is this is what we're committing to. So what does what does God say about uh, being married? So if we identify love, then then the natural Movement, especially in a romantic case, is to go from love to marriage. Love and marriage. We got ready to do that. Uh, second, uh, Genesis chapter two, verse eighteen. It says, "Then Lord God, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him.' First of all, guys, it's not good that we're alone. Men are pack animals. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I know a lot of guys go, "I'm a lone wolf." No, here's the reality: lone wolves are always starving. They're always diseased and they die young. You don't want to be a lone wolf. Right. The, the, the power of a wolf lies in its pack. But the problem is most men tend to pack with the wrong people. 
I never will forget, I, I tell this story a lot, um, uh, but I, I volunteer some with a rescue organization, and we had finished a call up, and all these guys were standing out there, and they were, they were making fun of their wives. They were running their wives in the ground. And I, I walked up and said, you must be the five dumbest people I've ever met. I'm not in love with them. I can be rude. Um, <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. I hear, I hear you talking about your wife, and she sounds awful. I wonder this. Did she ask you to marry her, or did you ask her to marry you? So either you were suckered in, or you make horrible decisions. I'm just trying to figure out which it is, because if I'm going to put my life in your hand... I need to know what kind of coward I'm dealing with. Because either you can be talked into bad ideas or you make bad ideas. No, man, that's not it. That's not it at all. I'm just saying, well, so you're going to run somebody down because it's convenient in a conversation. So what's going to happen when I leave? Because if you don't have your wife six, you're not going to have mine. Because I'm never going to sleep with you. Ever. <laughs> Not even on a cold night. <laughs> we ain't snuggling, right? So the point is this, is man, that when we love and God gives us this person, and I love this, that, that, that because we're not supposed to be alone, that fits with us. Notice it doesn't say a perfect woman. One, there's never been a perfect woman. There's only been one perfect dude and he died single. Mm-hmm. So everybody who gets married will walk in imperfection. I'm not looking for the perfect woman. I'm looking for the perfect woman or the perfect man for me. The one that fits my life. The one that complements my life. Right. And if you notice it says it is not good that a man should be alone. That does not say that it means he can't be alone. And that's for women too because there's a period in your life where you have to prepare yourself for that person. Because if you go into a relationship in a, def- in a with a deficiency, expecting your other person to, to make that up, you're already headed down a bad path. Um, we are meant to complement each other, not supplement each other. Does that make sense? So it's okay if, if you have that time to take and get ready for that other person. Yeah, don't ever marry, don't ever be with somebody that you're going to fix. Right. You know what? When we get married, I'll fix him. No, you won't. No, you won't. So the woman in a man's life that's supposed to change him is his mama. Don't marry your mama. That's sick. Don't try to be a pseudo mama. You're, you're, it's never going to work. Now, I'm going to say this. Don't marry a woman and you try to be her daddy. She got one. It ain't you. Daddies feel a certain... Now, do men and women both take on, because the woman takes on a nurturing role, men take on provider-protector roles, right? They emulate being a dad or a mom, but the context of that relationship is totally different. I I came to to fit with you, not to control you. As a husband, I'm called to lead, but I'm not called to be a control freak. Because that goes back to 1 Corinthians, i got to have my own way. So, as we lean into this... yeah. So, what should it look like after you get married? I'm going to speak from Mark 10, 6-9. I'm going to read this. This is where Jesus spoke and echoed Genesis when he said, 
verse 6. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Please stop. Please stop. Can we just agree that there's a difference between women and men? So I do dude stuff. My son and I, it took my wife a long time to figure this out. But we came to a very happy place when we figured this out that I do guy stuff. What does guy stuff mean? It could potentially get me hurt. Probably going to cost a lot of money. And is it going to make any sense to her? It's always sketchy. It is. It is. It's, now, we changed the word, but anybody remember the TikTok? We're about to do some sketchy stuff. Sketchy stuff. My son will skip and I will skip out of the house. We're about to do something sketchy. It's, it, it's not going to be safe. It's probably going to involve flammable liquid. And it's never, never, never going to be a good idea. That's why we're doing it. Because when you... So my dog jumped up in the middle of the night and started growling and ran to one of our doors. I grabbed the gun. I followed him. Because Moose and I, we, we are protector providers, right? So if somebody got to get shot, I'm the dude pulling the trigger. She didn't have to look at me and go, Honey... Do you want to go look and see if that's a robber or me? Nope. <laughs> Grab my two friends, Smith and Wesson, and we go into the door. <laughs> now, I have roles, but she has roles. <laughs> and they're different. And they, we, our house does not look like Little House on the Prairie, okay? My wife yes. has a job. She's a fully functioning human being. She can, like, pump her own gas and drive her own car and write. Like, she, she doesn't need me, but she wants me. But we had to understand that what brings me life is not what brings her life. And I don't have to understand it. I would never go have my fingernails done. <laughs> Some dudes, if you're that dude, can you raise your hand? I know that there are germs under my fingernails. And I'm not, look, if you're a guy and that's the one girl thing you do is go get your fingernails done, do it. I don't have a problem with that, right? I like Hallmark movies. We can all have one thing. You just can't build them girl things up. <laughs> but we have to understand that there's a difference between a woman and a man and we have to be comfortable going I'm okay that you're a dude I'm okay that you're a woman I don't have to understand everything you do I don't have to understand how what you wear sets up part of the way you view yourself as a woman. Dude, I'm in jogging pants and a stained shirt, and I'll go, I'll go to 584. Like, it don't even bother me, right? Because we're wired different. So God creates a male and female. Not the same. Created them to be different on purpose and with a purpose. So it said, God made them male and female. And therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Um, in Genesis, it referred back to the man leaving his father and mother and holding fast or saying the word cleave to his wife. Nothing was said to the wife because it was always assumed that the wife would leave because the husband would come and get her, you know, back in um, Jewish times the man would go and prepare a place, just like Christ goes before us and prepares a place for his bride to come and get us. He would go get her. We went to a, a friend of mine had a, um, she's Jewish and her husband's Jewish. So they had a Jewish wedding, obviously. And it was really cool because she is in a completely different part of where the venue was. And he had to go, it was part of the ceremony. We followed him through 
the trail to go get her, and she is sitting in a room waiting, and she did not know when he was coming to get her. She had her candle lit, and she waited, and she could have waited there all day because she didn't know when he was coming, and it, it reflects, you know, the bridegroom coming and preparing a place. And so the the re, yeah. And the return of Christ. <laughs> Because so mm-hmm. when Jesus tells the parable of the ten virgins, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, "Hey, man, they got to be watching. They got to keep their oil ready. All this because it was always assumed that the woman was leaving to be with the man. Mm-hmm. But God goes, "Hey, when when a husband and wife get married, you got to you still honor your parents, right? That your days may be long upon the earth. Yeah. But you need to go create your own family. Right? See, some people have way too much family involvement. Mm-hmm. I'll just stop there. You know, and speaking to that, you know, you." Any, we've said before, anything with more than one head is what a monster, right? right? So the man is made to go be the head of his home. So he has, whatever that place looks like, it has to be the place he prepares for his wife. So don't go, you know, taking her to your mama's basement or something. Just a side note for y'all on that one. <laughs> but we want to use a, if, has anybody seen Fireproof? Great movie. We recommend it. watching it yep. this week if you have not watched it. But <clears throat> if you've seen the movie, you'll, you'll pick up on this reference. But the word cleave is not something we use in our vernacular every day. But the Bible talks about cleaving to each other. And that means to glue, adhere, join, or stick to. So in the movie, they were given an example I'm going to use here. When you cleave to your spouse, when the, the woman and the man cleave to each other, they are made one. They're still two separate pieces, but they're one unit. One unit. If you try, here they are separate, and we tried to glue this one together, Didn't and work. we made a mess, and it damaged this vessel. It damaged the shaker. And the idea is once God puts a, a marriage together in unity, if I break these apart, it's going to damage one or the other or both. Right. So the idea is <clears throat> we don't go into marriage thinking that it can be dissolved because there's always going to be fallout and there's always going to be hurt if you damage each other. You're made to be one forever. Yeah, because an, an, another thing that the Lord referenced that the word uses that the Lord talks <laughs> about is being yoked together. Again, it's, it's not something that we use. But uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this, Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership does righteousness have with lawlessness or what fellowship is light with darkness? So God is saying, man, when you yoke together with something, you need to make sure that you're yoked right. Um, can, will you two come up on stage? Do you mind? Somebody, can I have a couple? If you don't want to go, a couple? <coughs> Quickly, yes, that's great. Don't care. So, yes. So, JC, will you help him slide that back? Yes. I so, um, I made my own yoke. Um, it's not the best thing I've ever done, but um, I've got woodworkers out there going, you should have, I didn't, whatever you're saying, I didn't. But the idea is this, is that when two people get married, um, they yoke together. You really want to hold that. First of all, uh, I made it intentionally with super uncomfortable rope because marriage is not always comfortable. Now, when you yoke things together, generally you yoke two horses, two oxen, two donkeys, two of, two of something, right? And something has to lead. Now, what if I went to Liz and I whispered in her, in her ear and I said, run hard left. But we didn't tell JC. She's going to drag that poor guy and then what's he going to do? He's going to start pulling against her because it hurts. And now you've got to fight. 
Now, anytime God hooks two things together in a yoking thing, it's always, you don't hook up two horses to a yoke if you don't want to plow a field. You don't hook two oxen to, to a yoke unless if you want to move something or get something done. Anytime God yokes a couple together, it's always, it's always for the purpose of accomplishing His will. You're not with your spouse by accident. You're with your spouse for and on a purpose. And you can't plow the field when you're fighting each other. Now, JC's the leader. But his neck is still tied to her neck. Yeah. <laughs> See, a lot of men want to go, hey, I'm the man. I'll tell her the way it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that donkey about to hurt you. <laughs> kick, kick, right? Because what will happen is, is a wife being drugged will eventually sit down on her husband and choke them both. A man who tries to lead too fast without leading his wife and trying to rule his wife will hurt them both. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of times men want to talk about, about how much they are in charge, but they don't realize that with power comes responsibility. Mm -hmm. I can doesn't mean I should or I'm going to. Now, God gives men the ability to make nuclear decisions in relationship, right? Because God made me the leader of my house, I can make decisions and the household biblically is supposed to go by it. The problem is, anytime you push a nuclear button and launch a nuclear missile, you always have nuclear fallout. We've only dropped a couple of nuclear weapons in recorded history because we figured out the danger of those decisions. It's, if you really are a man and you want to lead your home well, you walk beside each other. He doesn't walk out ahead because it starts to hurt. She doesn't. Because some relationships, the women try to lead. It's not the way God intended it to be. God intended male and female to fit together in a yoke to accomplish a purpose. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this off very carefully. The last couple, I grabbed the piece in the middle like that, and it was, uh, it was funny. It was funny, but it, we won't do it again. Um, so, so in this, you're also going to have to figure out that you're going to have outside sources trying to, trying to tell you what you're supposed to plow. Mm -hmm. You ever been walking in unity with your wife and all of a sudden the in-laws grab the reins and try to pull y'all into something you don't need to be in? Or a friend tries to pull you into something? Anytime something pulls on the yoke of your unity in a direction that God didn't intend you to, to go in, you will at the minimum rope burn your relationship, at the maximum start to kill your partner. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about walking in love and, and we start to, to talk about walking in unity, it's about moving through our lives together. So let's talk about what unity is. So unity, we, we talk about unity a lot. Um, we use <laughs> Psalms 133 for that. And it's, it's only three verses, but it's so, so powerful. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant is it when brothers being all people, all mankind, dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion, 
for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore so that's where our blessings are that's where where unity is blessings follow that's in all relationships and it's especially true in marriage well the first thing it talks about is anointing right it's like the anointing poured down on the first high priest right mm -hmm. if you're fighting with your spouse anointing can't flow in your life you ain't gonna hear nothing from the holy spirit except go make up that's gonna be the only thing he tells you because what god put together let no man separate do not let where you're eating for dinner separate you do not let something funky that your kids did separate you. Don't let something funky one of the parents said separate you. They are crazy for you. Listen, one day I'm going to be not only a dad, but a father-in-law. I say stupid things all the time. Don't let my stupid get in y'all's way. I'm not going to, listen, I don't like my boss at work. I'm sure not going to let him get in the marriage with us. Is this, is this helping anybody? So when it says, it says, man, how pleasant is it when, when, when brothers and sisters, because not only is your spouse, your wife, this gets a little West Virginian, right? But, but they're also your brother or sister in Christ. Now, how many of you guys have multiple children? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so I'm just kidding. That's a joke. So we have one. Um, but I grew up with multiples. And so has anybody ever had two of your kids fighting? And my dad used to do this a lot. My dad be like, dad be like, don't make me pull this car over because I knew what happened next. Because nothing bothered my parents more than when their kids fought. I wonder this, how much does your heavenly father hate it when you and your spouse fight? So, unity... Um, is supposed to be worked through um, in practice. Let's give some practical examples of how we work through issues in okay. yoking. You start. So, one, has anybody here ever heard of a chap uh, Chinese inspection? So, Chinese are the world's largest consumers of cabbage uh, because of the way their diets are done. But if they receive in a pallet of cabbage and they're not sure that it's good, what they'll do is they'll just take it to the end of the dock and they'll leave it for three or four days till it rots and then they're sure it's bad. <laughs> not saying it's the best thing. I'm just saying it works. So what happens if, if you're yoked together and you want to do it or your spouse wants to do something, but you don't, you don't want to, you don't feel good about it. Now, there's two kinds of things. One, is it a preference or is it not a preference? Because like if it doesn't really matter, don't make a deal out of it. Mm -hmm. But let's say it's, it's a decision that you feel and they feel a particular way about well, how do we do this how do we not fight um so so when when we have a decision to make you know we'll pray about it we'll sit on it um we'll talk through it and and you know sometimes you know we both feel really strongly about our opinions of what we should do and what we have to do is just table it and take it to the lord and pray about it and we don't move on it until we do not move on it until one or the other feels like they have an answer and Sometimes, you know, even though I think my answer's right, the Lord will speak to me and he'll say, you've got to give in on this one because I said so and I know what's best for you. And sometimes I'm wrong. I know it's hard for y'all to believe, but, <laughs> but that's in my mind. Um, but any, any decision you make, you have to go into with, with submission, right? Because I'm a man of authority, but I'm a man under authority so in our marriage i'm under the authority of god 
almighty. And and that's something that, you know, as, as a wife, you know, sometimes that's really a hard pill for us to swallow is being under authority because we're like, I'm not going to do that, you know, especially us independent women. Um, But the thing is, he, he talked about nuclear decisions. He's going to make those decisions. He is going to stand before the Lord about the decisions that he makes for his family. So, you know, while we are partners and we try to get in unity on everything, you know, it doesn't mean that you're weak because you defer something to your husband. If that's the final say, he's the one that stands before God and he's the one that answers for himself and for you and for your children. And so we sit there and we're just, I've made very few nuclear decisions in our relationship. I don't have to. We're going to figure it out together. Because one, can, can I just use this? If I decide we're going to the beach January 1st through the 12th and it rains the whole time, you know whose fault it is? This guy's. But if we decide, we're going to blame the weatherman. We decisions carry a lot less stress than me decisions. That is so true. Does this make sense? Hey, babe, I decided I needed a new gun. So I just spent $700. And she's going to be like, do you know what our budget looks like? My decision had a negative impact on us. I would a whole lot rather make a we decision than a me decision. Because leadership is not telling everybody where to go. Leadership is getting people to willfully go with you where where the Lord is leading you guys to go. So we Chinese inspect everything. If she feels like we shouldn't and I feel like we should, we're going to wait. I don't get in a hurry to make a decision. Now, I'll drive people crazy sometimes with it. Once I commit, I'm there. I don't back up. It could be a bad idea. I'm still doing it, right? But I don't, I want to open myself up and say, God, what do you say about this? Yeah. Remember, anything that I tell God that I won't open my hand and let him control, I'm actually trying to pick a fight with God and I am not doing that. So God, if this woman that you gave me fit together with me, and can we be honest, sometimes the Holy Spirit, my wife sound a lot alike. Any men here say amen? Sometimes I feel like God just speaks through my wife. Because there are a lot of people I won't listen to, but I'll say this, I know my wife's always got my back, so she gets more of a voice. She was there when there was nothing for me to worry about. I didn't have anything. You, could, you literally couldn't do anything to me because I own nothing. You have to be careful, though, how you pray for that, because yeah. um, if you, you know, pray for God to just come and fall down on that heathen, you know, that you're married to and change his mind, you know, more than likely he's going to tell you to change your mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. So here's the thing. It's easier for us just to go, hey, we're not going to make a decision on this. Yeah, but this is a once in a lifetime deal. Well, if it's that good, God's going to put us in unity. And if it's not, I don't want it anyway. Right. If God can't get both of us to do it, then he, I do not feel like I'm the one he's got to convince. God, if this is such a great idea, will you talk to your daughter? Because she was yours before she was mine. You, you talk to her. And God, if I'm wrong, will you knock some sense into me? Because I'm your son, but I'm hard-headed sometimes. So will you be a good heavenly father? Do you see how this changes things? I'm not going to contend with her. I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to lead her. But I'm also not dumb enough to think that there aren't times that I don't need to be led. And that's hard for a dude. We talk about women having a hard time submit to their husbands. Guys, sometimes it's hard for us to go, you know what, that's a better idea. Because our ego gets in our way. Here's the other thing that unity does. Unity causes you to talk about things you would normally fight about. Mm 
you ever given him a hint? You know, I really wish the yard would get mowed. I wish the Lord would send a, a plague of goats. <laughs> I'm not joking about goats because y'all would straight up bring some goats to my house. I would and I'm bring not some about goats that. in a minute. <laughs> Especially like if you could blend them with feigning goats. So you could be like, bang! <laughs> that would just, anyway, sorry, that was a diversion. Um, in our bubble. But yeah. <laughs> Or, or women, have you ever tried to shake your foot loud enough that he knew you were mad without you actually having to tell him you were mad? Yeah. Anybody ever gone to bed mad? Well, let's, let's talk about that nuclear button, too. Go ahead. So, you know, women, y'all have nuclear buttons as well. And, you know, we told y'all this was a marriage thing, so, you know, we'll keep it PG today. By the way, if you've got kids, <laughs> if you've got kids, do not bring them next week. We're going to be talking about donuts. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, if you hold your, if you withhold your donuts from your husband, <laughs> um, you know, that has fallout too because what you're actually doing is driving him. You're not teaching him a lesson and yeah. you're not like, well, I'll show him. You're actually driving a wedge between you and the person that God put you with. And what that wedge will do is push him further and further into things that he never even wanted to go into but finds himself doing looking for that connection because men are and we'll talk about it when we talk about love languages but you know men are donut driven they are donut driven <laughs> they're driven by a lot of things how many men here <laughs> even really love oh, donuts <laughs> i love looking at donuts i love thinking about donuts I can just have eaten a donut and I'm thinking about donuts again. I'm the only one. And the house is full of liars. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, like I, I get, can I, I'm going to tell this again. So my dad, the first time we ever did this, my dad attends our church. And so I was trying to teach about donuts, but we had a bunch of kids in the room. So we said donuts rather than donuts. <laughs> Bong chicka down now. And so so my dad gets in the car with my mom and they get ready to leave and he's driving. He's like, honey, you know, I was listening to, to Adam preach and man, I just really want some donuts. <laughs> and my mom just got wide eyed and looked at him. She goes, Are you sure? And he goes, My gosh, all I can think about is just how much I would really love to have just a bunch of donuts. <laughs> I was like, okay. My dad grew to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> now, I don't know what happened after that, and I don't <laughs> want to know what happened after that. But can I just say there are donuts, and then there's donuts. So, one of the things in walking in unity is you have to be honest about what you really want. You can't be in unity using veiled things. Yeah. And it's not just about donuts, fair enough? Hey, I could really use some help in the kitchen tonight. Don't sigh and rattle a bunch of pots around. <laughs> we can ignore that. Can I just, there's a good chance we didn't even pick up on your signal. Till we go to bed and you're laying there and your foot's doing this and we feel like we're in a vibrating bed. We don't, and when we look at you and go, no, really, what did I do? We really don't know. Because you were giving us hints that we didn't catch. 
There's also a timing thing with that, too. That's fair. So today there's a big playoff at 3 o'clock, and my wonderful husband has already said, do not – he said, that is my protected time today. I don't want any – so, y'all, don't don't – Ask him to take the trash out Praise right the as the team Praise is, the you know, right down there at the field goal at the end zone. And then you're like, oh, I need the trash. I mean, choose your timing. Yeah, and, and I'm going to say this, though. Also, if your wife looks at you and goes, I am so stressed out we have company, that's not time to go watch a football game. Well. But, well. <laughs> but here's what, here's what we decided. We want to walk in unity. Do not give me veiled messages. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick up on them. Any guys ever tried to, any guys ever tried to get, give a message? Like you walk by and pat her on the tushy? And then you get a little rub. And what you're saying is, you know, I'm, you know, Krispy Kreme. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm, <laughs> and then she goes and takes all of her makeup off and puts on her flannel robe. <laughs> guys know what I'm talking about. There's where, and then there's where, and you're like, that ain't, that ain't, didn't. And then you, you mad the rest of the night. you like, what if you just looked at her and said, hey, boo, here's the thing. I need, no, listen, I need you to put this on the calendar. Yeah, and sometimes you do have to put it on the calendar. It's not, you know, it's not always like the movies where it just organically happens. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes Right, but if life, you start playing boys to men, it, anyway, go ahead. Life, <laughs> it's a hint. That wasn't planned. I'm so sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm myself. <laughs> but for real, I mean, we work, you know, and women, thanks to Rosie the Riveter years ago, you know, women are, we are working moms. You know, we're moms, we're wives, we're pastor's wives, we're pastors, we're, we're employees, we're bosses. I mean, we do so many things and... You have to put that stuff on the calendar sometimes, but it's so, so important because, you know, you don't realize until you've missed it for a while how important that connectivity is with your spouse. Yeah, and especially as you have kids, women do a ton. Can we just, like, acknowledge how much? If you're here with your spouse, will you just tell them thank you real quick? Just say, hey, thank babe, you. I'm, thank you. I appreciate all you do. No, for real. Like, they fold clothes. They do... <clears throat> dishwashers they I hate putting plastic stuff away the Tupperware like I hate it because when you open that cabinet it, it attacks you at my house I hate it so I just put it on top of the counter and I, that's the only part of the dishwasher I refuse to unload not doing it well to be honest I would rather you do that because yeah. it, nothing because makes me matter than an attack of Tupperware I will throw that stuff away it's not expensive <laughs> I'm just like cabinets clean so anyway the <laughs> Difference in men and women. Um, so the point of it is, is what if you decided that with your spouse you were going to stop fighting? Look, we're yoked together. There's no sense trying to, trying to hurt each other. Mm-hmm. What do you need? Do you mean go mother yard? Look, I can go mother yard. If not, we'll have a kid. If not, we'll hire a kid. <laughs> we can get, I mean, if that's all, if that, listen, I'll pay some kid 20 bucks to mow my yard if it means I don't have a fight. I'll pay you 20 bucks not to fight with you. Hey, you know what? If, if getting the dishwasher emptied and the laundry folded and put away gets me to Krispy Kreme, psh, just line it up. Now, now, don't manipulate me with it. Go, look, I, I, I already bought the ring. I liked it enough I put a ring on it. I ain't going to keep paying for it. 
all the men in the, all the men in the house know what I'm talking about. But I will I will I will pursue you, but I'm not going to work for your attention. Do you know why some men work so late? Because they get more affirmation. This is next week's. They get more affirmation at work than they do at home. They're told more by their employees how great they are or by their boss than the person they married. Same with women. Some women get way more accolades at work than they ever get at home. So when I figure out that I'm yoked together, man, it's, it's about both of us making decisions that are mutually beneficial. So you have a wheel of marriage that's either moving forwards or backwards. Now watch this. Have you ever said this? Well, if he would do this, then I would. Man, if she would just, then I would. Well, what you're operating in, let's go all the way back to the beginning of this message. Well, if I got my own way, then I would do the right thing. Sounds like a child. Somebody has to go first. So what you do, hey, look, here's my commitment. I'm going to sacrifice what I want to do for my wife because that's what Jesus did for me. So I'll help with the dishwasher. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm going to, be, I'm go, I'm going to do whatever you need to help you. And then a wife goes, well, I don't want to take advantage of that. But I'm also going to do what it takes to make you happy. Yeah, no, 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 baby. But I'm going to bless. Anybody remember those two little uh, chipmunks? What were they, Chip and Dale? Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> after you. No, 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 after you. When two people try to bless each other and they try to live in harmony together and unity together, then they get in this cyclical relationship and it begins to pick up steam. And the next thing you know, everybody else is dogging their wife, but you're complimenting yours. Mm-hmm. Look, there ain't no wife like my wife. Look, my wife is a superhero. She takes care of the kids. She, she manages our house well. And she gives me love and like ain't nobody's business. My biggest fan is my wife. My wife blows wind in my sail every time she can. She tells me how great I am. You know what? My husband is, is the best. My husband will shop with me. My husband will, will do dishes with me. My husband will sit on the back porch and just love me. My husband's got my back. Let me tell you something. My husband will defend. My husband will kill you if you come after me. And he's got friends that'll help him bury the body. That's right. I mean, that's what that's what takes a good marriage into a great marriage. So when you're yoked together, here, here's our challenge this week. One, you need to go back to Corinthians and thirteen, and you need to go, man. Am I walking in love with my spouse? Man, am I patient with him? Am I kind to him? Am I creating an atmosphere where they know they're loved? Maybe it means that you stop and you ask your spouse, hey, what do you need that I'm not giving you? Mm-hmm. I want to walk in unity with you. If I'm pulling right when you're trying to walk forward, tell me what it is. Do you need quality time? See, men connect uh, physically, women connect emotionally, and then you go to the other space, right? So here's the thing. Well, what do you need, honey? You need some time on the back porch? So let's be honest. Some of us can't afford to date anymore because we're at like 178% inflation, right? And we so have to like, get groceries. We, yeah. <laughs> we can either go on a date or eat. Which one do you want to do, right? Yeah. Um, but dates don't have to be. How many of y'all were broke when you first got married? Oh, yeah. But it was still, it was still amazing time to be together. Some of our favorite memories involve West Webb, four for a dollar. And hot digging, dogs. digging in the couch cushions for the change to go get Come them. on. Come on. <laughs> Some of you. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes you need a mac and cheese date just to remember where you came from. Mm-hmm. And walk down that memory lane. Girl, we've been down some road together. You remember, you remember trying to get that car seat in the car and come home, bring the first baby home? 
You, your husband drive 178 with you in the car. He was driving 2.4 miles an hour with his hazards on, flipping everybody off that passed you for driving like a fool when they got the... Guys know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> hey, babe, you remember when they opened the doors at the church and I saw you for the first time on our wedding day? Hey, you remember the first time we had stomach flu together? Mm. <laughs> That's when I knew it was for better or worse. Does this make sense? So what if you said, hey, let's make sure we're really in love and then let's find the ways that we can walk in unity in a way that we've never done before. Because I refuse. What if you and your spouse looked at each other? Now, this doesn't mean that you don't have difference of opinions. Mm -hmm. We just don't let them turn. Like, we don't argue much. If we argue, it's over something major. Like, it's, it's potentially somebody going to lose a limb. Not us, but I'm saying it's that important. If it's about like the bills or where we're going for Christmas or where we're going to eat, well, I'm not doing it. If it's, over, if it's over how we budget our time or planning to go eat donuts or whatever we're going to do, we're two adults. Let's just plan it. Like we don't have to fight about it. And if there's a reason something needs to be pushed out, I'm okay with that. Does this make sense? But it's still on the calendar, and I know that you're going to give me what I need. It may not be exactly what I want it, but I'm not four years old. I don't have to have it right now. I'm okay. Does this make any sense? Yeah. So here's your homework. I want you to look at your love life. Now, if you're not married... Man, and that doesn't all. That doesn't completely mean donuts. Oh, that uh, yeah. Love doesn't always just mean donuts. This is this is your journey together. I mean, it could. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, everybody have, has a love language. We're going to talk about this another day. But but the difference between ba- being married and being friends is intimacy. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only part of being married. Right. right? It's about, it's about sharing hopes and dreams and ideas. It's about connected in meaningful ways. It's about remembering to date. Like, go somewhere. Like, you didn't, like go to your... I, can I have five more minutes? I had a guy one time, and, and I, I was teaching this. this. Golly, I hadn't been in the ministry two minutes. I hadn't been married three, right? And I said, hey, I want to teach you all how to be married. I said, you need to take your wife on her dream date. So I had all the women write out their dream dates. And I handed it to him. I said, go make it happen. He's like, dude, she wants to go to Hawaii, sit on the beach, and watch the ocean with me, and drink a glass of wine. I know we're in church. You're not supposed to drink wine, but it was whatever. It was some that Jesus had made. I don't know. And I said, okay, dude, you got to make it happen. He's like, dude, I'm broke. Like, we just got married. I have no money. I said, make it happen. So a man, he was a surveyor. He went on a job site, and he was surveying. He looked down, and they were getting ready to throw a tarp away. There was nothing wrong with it. So he took it home. And he went to his next job site and they had a bunch of sand that they were mixing um, concrete with. And he said, hey, is that leftover? Can I have some of it? So he took two bags of sand home. Then he went out in his building and he got two lawn chairs. Now I'm about to date myself. He had a video from where they were looking at honeymoon stuff and one of them was was a travel VCR tape. VCR. And he put it in, and he found a place where it just showed the ocean. 
And he paused it and he went and he turned their air conditioning off so it got hot as blazing in there because we live in North Carolina. And he got two fans and he blew on there so that they made, uh, so that they had the wind off the ocean. And he went in there and the man cannot cook to this day. And he made two of the worst bologna and cheese sandwiches you've ever seen in your life. And he packed them in there and he, and he, and he went and bought like an Aldi bottle of wine. 325. There you go. <laughs> and they, he sat there She came in, she began to cry. She came up to me that Sunday morning, and she, I, she, I was like, how's y'all's date? And she, she started crying to the point, you know there's crying, then there's ugly crying? The makeup was, was like mixing and running and dripping, and she's like, I never knew he loved me that much. And I said, well, what did he make for dinner? And she said, the best bologna and cheese sandwich I've ever had. And I said, what did he do that was special? She said, oh no, the sandwich was awful. Like had too much mayonnaise on it. Like you bit it and the mustard was falling. You know what I'm talking about? Like the dude had no idea what he was doing. She said, but he loved me enough to take me to Hawaii. She said, I went back to work and told all my friends what he did. And they all started crying with her. Because I've got their most romantic husband in the office. You have the ability to make your spouse's dreams come true. Because God made you together to fit. The question is, is, will you walk in unity and be creative enough to be the man or woman that God called you to be for your spouse? I don't think you have to have a normal marriage. If you're going to spend the rest of your life doing something, make it extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to change in seasons. New li- newborns don't look like what it's, it, it looks like when you're going to raise teenagers. Rules of engagement change. Mm -hmm. Availability change. But man, you can work it out because you are made to fit with your spouse. Can we pray? God, as we close this service out, Father, let us remember our homework. God, to look at what love really looks like. God, to, to, to look at Psalms 133 and figure out how we walk in unity with our spouse. God, I think this, I think that you've called the people in this room not just to have a good marriage, but to have a marriage that every person on this planet envies. God, in a world of 50 to 60% divorce rate, what the world needs is a way to look at what healthy relationships look like. God, let it start with us. Father, I just ask that today you do in this place what only you can do, and that's restore marriages, heal marriages, build up marriages, God, and prepare us for marriage. Just wonder if there's somebody here today and you go, you know what, Pastor, I'm a long way from God. I'd love to be what I'm supposed to be to my spouse, but I'm not even what I'm supposed to be before my Heavenly Father. If that's you today or you're you're watching online, will you just slip your hand up? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Can we just pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. Ask you to forgive me of my sins. Make me right with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.